All right. Good evening, everyone. Today is Tuesday, April 6th, and Gonzaga is back to being a mid-major. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That was so, one of the most depressing games I think I've watched in a really long time. I mean, we're obviously going to get into it, but, I mean, people were saying it was the most anticipated one since 2005 when uh, UNC and Illinois both went wire-wire one seeds. Um, I was really looking forward to it. Um, and I've kind of thought about it, though, really. Like, I mean, Gonzaga should have lost to UCLA. 100%. I, I mean, first of all, I, we'll talk about it, but that was terrible defense by UCLA at the end there, but uh, that's whatever. But um, so uh, you got the allergies, Tom? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I I have allergies, and they're usually pretty minimal, but every single year when it first gets nice out, it's like I get hit by a truck and I just feel like crap for like three or four days, maybe a week at most if it's really pollinated when it first starts up. I, are but, you sure you don't have COVID? Yeah. Yeah. I don't feel sick. I still have my, well, relatively my sense of smell whenever I have a clearish nose and I have my sense of taste and stuff. So I'm, I'm chilling. I'm good. It's just allergies. I have it every year. Yeah, uh, well, that sucks. But hey, at least it's like uh it's like a little like a preview for like it should be nicer. I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, right. hopefully. I'm hoping. <laughs> so uh you did say you had an interview. Was that last week? How'd that go? Uh so it was actually really weird. I applied to this job on Indeed and they hit me up like within a day. So like it's they seemed pretty interested in stuff. Um when we were talking on Indeed, I gave them my phone number, my email because I wasn't sure if they wanted to do a Zoom or a phone call. And then the day of, about 15 minutes before we the set time, I was like, hey, you guys never responded, but here's my email and my phone number in case it didn't go through. Cover all the I never heard from them. They ghosted really? me. Really? They wow. ghosted me completely. Wow. It's crazy, too, because I also had my friend uh, apply for the job because they were hiring two to four roles for the summer, and it would have been dope for us to go down to Atlanta and uh, go do that yeah. stuff together. But Dude, they looked at his resume, you, too. You just turned 21 going down to like do a sports job in Atlanta. That would have been so dope. It would have been well, awesome. Sure, but they ghosted like me. I said, I think, I, I, th I think you'll land on your feet. You're going to have a journalism degree from Butler. So uh, I think you'll land on your feet. Um, trying. That does suck. That does suck. I do. I did. Have, I, someone blew me off last week that I'll tell you about off camera, but yeah, yeah. I'm not very happy about it. Uh, oh, I bet. So, uh, we've kind of talked about this, uh, but now that basketball is over, People have been very worried about me, about what I'm going to do with these podcasts. And people have asked me, and I think we, we've talked about this. Uh, we're just going to go straight into football. It's all draft. 100%. It's all all FCS because I cover the – it's all football. Um, we might talk about the NBA briefly, and we might talk about baseball briefly, um, but probably not. So, uh, all right, let's get into – I can guarantee uh, that I'm not going to be talking about the NBA that much. And I'm trying to get back into baseball, but, like, I really just don't want to because it's so long. Like, 162 I know, games. So like, oh, my God. And, and the like, Mets still you, suck. <laughs> Okay, let's uh, first of all, I have the Browns and you have the Jets, so I get lucky in football. You know how I have my favorite baseball player of all time. Like I hope to God the Mets have a great season when win the World Series. I do too. Like, but I they blew their lead in their first game because their bullpen sucks and they can't keep DeGrom in, apparently. Uh, well, I don't even want I don't even want to talk about the, the Cleveland baseball team who are not named at this time. Um they're one and three. They start out one and three. Bieber didn't have a good start the first time he started. And now one of our relief pitchers, I don't know if you saw it, but he like posted on his Instagram story 
uh, about uh, the German Nazi general like uh, Gorig or Gehrig. I, well, I know I know the spelling. I know his name, but how it easy how it's easily it's e you can easily convince people like things, and so it's just a mess in Cleveland. I mean, who knows? So. Um, but with that, uh, we will get into today in sports history. Um, unfortunately, we're a little nope. far removed. Uh, we're a little far removed from the uh, uh, the uh, Grand Nationals, um, which is unfortunate because I do think the Kentucky Derby is coming up in May. So, um, but uh, two more great things that happened in 1896: the first modern Summer Olympic Games are uh, open in Athens, Greece. Perfect spot. American athlete James Connolly becomes the first modern Olympic champion when he wins the triple jump later third in the long jump and second in the high jumps. It seems like this guy got one gold medal and a silver and a bronze. I'm not that that's not good for USA. I don't, I don't really like that. I mean, um, you got to remember this is the first one. I mean, that seems like a big accomplishment for it being the first one. I mean, damn, <laughs> my man knew I, how I to have, jump. Apparently I, 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 I hold a higher standard for my American athletes. Um, in 1941, uh, obviously another thing that is coming up, which is so weird and we'll get into it, that, uh, the masters is coming up, um, in 1941, the eighth U S masters, uh, obviously at Augusta, Craig Wood wins his first major title, three strokes ahead of runner up, uh, Byron Nelson. And it's, uh, the master's first wire to wire champion, which is also kind of, we had the wire to wire champion last night in college basketball too. So. Um, yeah, I, I, it is. It is so weird that they like kind of just played the Masters and now they're going to do it again because they did yeah. it in the fall. So but, yeah, to make up for the lack of of thing because of COVID, and yeah, now they're like, I mean, hey, who's ready to do it again? I mean, Masters Sunday is the greatest Sunday to just like relax and sleep and listen to like the voices, like the cool, calm, selective voices on Sunday afternoon. Um. All right, let's get into the real sporting world. Um, well, we will get into March Madness in a little bit, but we're going to start out with something a little bit more of a hot topic. Um, closer to home. Closer to home. Um, I, I, I don't know what to say to you, so I'm just going to give it to you right now, and then I'll comment when when I feel like it's right to comment. So why don't you explain what happened uh, to the Jets this weekend? So yesterday, the Jets social media came out and announced that Sam Darnold was being traded to Carolina for a sixth rounder this year and a second and a fourth rounder next year uh, with no quarterback in return whatsoever. Um, and I, first, of all, first of all, I'd like to say, great job by the Jets for getting three picks for Sam Darnold. Go on. Yeah, so here's, like, here's my thing, right? I've, I've been on here and I've said how I've been willing to give Sam Darnold another chance and let him play out one more year. Cause if we suck again, we could get Sam Howell or one of the other quarterbacks next year. I was like, while I was rooting for Darnold and rooting for him to come back for another season, I was not bound to him. Like I was not going to say, I'm going to stop watching the jets if they trade him. Cause he no. hasn't performed, No, you know? No, he hasn't. So and like the fact that, there was the report that came out a week and a half-ish ago that came from three NFL executives saying that a third rounder was was the right price for Darnold, and one of them said even that might be a little rich. The fact that we got a second and a fourth next year and like a late-round flyer pick this year, that's you're right. It is good. It is. And um, now 
I would be okay with it. If I was a Jets fan, I would be okay right now. Um, I'd actually kind of be excited. Um, but you can't be because they're going to take Zach Wilson. So yeah. I, I, I read a report this weekend that um, it was when uh, anonymous scout was like, there are guys that have Zach Wilson is the best quarterback. And there are guys that say he shouldn't even get drafted. So it's like yeah. all over the air. Um, I will say he, I don't know. You go on and say what you want to say about Zach Wilson. I, I just, yeah. I would, I personally, I think it's clear that it's Lawrence and Fields are the two best quarterbacks. And I think, I, I think Fields could fall now at this point, just because he's been chosen as the guy who's going to fall. He could fall to 10, 11 or. Yeah. It could uh, be an Aaron Rodgers situation. Yeah. And I mean, the Panthers just got Darnold while I wouldn't rule them out to take a quarterback. It kind of makes no sense. So. Yeah, well, and especially that they just picked up his fifth-year option, so he's going to be there for a minimum two years unless you're getting Trey Lance. That's not really ideal to have a rookie guy. And even Lance needs to sit behind an experienced vet. Darnold isn't that. Yeah, I mean, there really is – I guess from the Jets – it's good they got him, but it also means that they're going to take Wilson, but whatever. I mean, that if that's their plan, that's their plan. Yeah. Um, but it, was, it wasn't it wasn't going to be a good situation in New York if they had Sam Darnold and Zach Wilson in the same locker room. Like, yeah. Well, and I, I do have to say, like, I've been reading a lot of what you've been reading. I've been hearing the, the flexibility of where Wilson's supposed to go. I don't know if you've been hearing any of this, but I've been reading a lot about Justin Fields, too. And his main problem and the reason that he's supposed to fall is because people are questioning his work ethic and hearing all the yeah, stories okay. about when he came into Ohio State. And I want to get your take uh, on that. The, the, I mean, this we've talked about this before. Draft guys are paid to make these stories. This is the dumbest take of all time. We're talking about Justin Fields, who transferred in from Georgia, that basically brought Big Ten football back. The guy doesn't like it. Um, and also, that was Dan Orlovsky saying that, and that was a total cop-out, like, sissy move by him for him to quote and be like, I'm not saying this, but – People I know are saying this. It's such a stupid cop out. I, I mean, I, I got to say, I, I don't think that any Division One quarterback, other than Josh Rosen, apparently, who is kind of uh, apropos, but they all have to have. They want to play football. I just, I just don't get it. I, yeah, he's just, and he, and he's so much of a better athlete than everyone but Lawrence and maybe Lance. I guess I don't know. I just don't get it. I, I, I yeah, don't know I mean, where I, that comes from. I had dinner with a friend recently, and he was telling me about how Fields wasn't there. There was, I guess he pulled up some quote or something. I was like, oh, Fields isn't here to make friends. He's here to win the starting job. And, you know, Ohio State made him the captain to force him to interact with teammates and stuff. I'm like, that's all great. That's filler news because there's nothing to talk about. But, like, how much do I really believe that? I really don't. Because and, but, I'm sure if you talk to any Ohio State player, they'll tell you ever all about him and how great he is. And that and that's what makes the draft hard for experts. So I do kind of get them making up that story, but the way Dan Orlovsky did that, he totally copped out to that. Like, yeah, just 100%. didn't make sense. Um, but but yeah, I mean, I, I personally, I just think Fields is the second best quarterback. But I mean, I I agree wholeheartedly. And and you know, I'm gonna wrap this back kind of around to the Jets, like. Getting rid of Darnold's great. I agree with you. Having Darnold and a rookie quarterback would suck. But when you when you hear the news as a Jet fan that you're trading away Darnold after three years and using the number three overall pick on him, 
my, you know, I, I was kind of excited. Like you had said, like I was excited for a, a new chapter and everything. But when I told the news to my dad, he was like, well, this sucks. And I, I'm like, dad, why is that? He's like, because the jets are doing the same thing that they always do is they're, yeah. they're going to give up on a guy early and run after a new guy. Who's not going to work out either. And you're falling back into the cycle so we can suck again. Yeah. And I'm not going to lie. When the Browns drafted Baker Mayfield at the time when they announced it, I was kind of like an all in on Sam Darnold guy. I was like, I want crazily now that I look back, thank God I've grown up from them. But I really wanted Josh Rosen or Sam Darnold, who ended up being the two bad quarterbacks. I thought Josh Allen was going to be the biggest boss in the world. And, um, <laughs> and it, it, it's, it's hard to me, for me to ignore the parallels right now that what you're talking about as, the, as a Browns fan, because it's exactly the same yeah. thing. And like I said, I didn't know, or even after last year, not this past year, but the year before with Baker, I was even like, I don't know if it's him. Like, I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, well, and I think that I'm, I'm not trying to say that Darnold's bad. I, you know, I, I, I'm putting out a article pretty soon about uh, one move that every team can make. And when you go to read Carolina's, like, I make it very clear. He's not a bad quarterback. He still has a lot of potential. I'm very interested to see how he's going to do if he's in the system for two years as the guy, because with, with Adam Gase as the head coach and over a span of three years, running four to five different offenses, depending on how you want to look at it, he was never given the opportunity to succeed. So if Carolina is really looking at him as the guy of the future, I'm really interested to see if he can take those steps forward and pull himself back. I, I mean, and I will say in Carolina, he will have a dynamic play caller in Matt Canada. Um, yep. That's different. Um, and I will also say, I mean, it, it, it's something that, like, I really hope Robert Sala is the guy for you guys. I do. And I think it's, the, I think they made the right hire and the right choice because I feel like he's a guy that's going to come in and bring a different attitude to it. I just, like, I remember when the Browns did that and, like, you just don't know, at least I didn't know enough about the front, like, how the front office can mess it up. Like, it's just weird. But, um, I, like I said, I think, the, I think that, Donald, I think Sala is going to, is a good pick. And he, if, it's easier to win right now by building on defense and yeah. that that can get you to the playoffs. It really can't get you to a Super Bowl, but it can still get you to the playoffs. And yeah. so, and the last thing I'll say about Zach Wilson is, and I just compared it to the Browns. Like I said, like I was kind of not really on Baker Mayfield, but when they made the pick, I was like, okay, whatever. Like they did their homework. They want him, whatever. And that's, if I was a Jets fan, I kind of have to, even though, you look back and it's been all years of sadness and failure. At some point you just gotta be like, they have to luck into the right decision at some point. Yeah. Well, and I do have to say like one thing you were talking to that Sala and how he's the right hire after having a guy like Gase who gave up on the team or, or the guys at least gave up on him bringing in a guy who's notoriously a player's coach and everyone who interacts with him loves him and his energy. That is the right hire. And I, I do like LaFleur. I'm very skeptical as to how the offense is going to work with the, with the fact that we have, i in my opinion, a pretty solid set of receivers, but LaFleur was a Shanahan kind of guy where he likes to run the ball a lot and we don't have necessarily the greatest backfield. Um, I'm interested for that. But like when you look at Wilson and fields, right? Cause those are the two guys I I'm hoping the jets consider when taking the two. Right. Like they're both really good athletes. And like you see the highlights of Wilson, it's kind of hard to deny his athleticism, but fields is just better and shows it more. But you got to also remember the narrative of Ohio state quarterbacks. I mean, oh, they, I just, agree. they don't pan out in the NFL. 
And that's and, why this draft sucks for quarterbacks if it's not Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. And like you were talking about, about fields, like what people are saying about him. And while I sit here and disagree with that, I'm going to come right at you and say, Zach Wilson wasn't a captain. So, Oh, I know. I'm, just, I'm, that's why I'm just, saying this quarterback like, class is supposed to be great and star studded. It actually sucks outside of Trevor Lawrence because everyone else has at least one to two things that's wrong with them. I mean, you look at Zach Wilson, it's the fact he wasn't a captain and he didn't really play anyone in the one game that he played. He kind of pooped his pants when he was playing coastal Carolina. You yeah. look at, at Wilson, uh, not Wilson. I just talked about Wilson fields. Like there are those, the stories about the character stuff and there's and the fact he's Ohio state and, and he's injured. You look yeah. at Trey Lance. It's the fact that he's a, a FCS guy, which like, that's it's, not all it, bad, it but who knows? That's not even what it is. It's that he has one full season of tape and yeah. his last tape that the, that, that NFL scouts will see, he threw his only interception and completed 50% of his passes. So exactly. And then you, you can keep going down the line. I'm just talking about those top four guys. Like, obviously, Mac Jones, Alabama quarterback, and doesn't really have the experience that you would expect. And, you know, like the list goes on. Like, everyone outside of even Trevor Lawrence has his flaws, but like, obviously, he's like the clear cut number one and is going to be, a, I think, at least relatively decent. Like, everyone else is just kind of in this, this cluster of, okay, now it's just whoever you want and it's up to opinion. So, yeah. Like it's weird. And like, I still consider the Browns as in the same group as like the jets and the giants and like, like other bad teams, like the, I don't know, the Cardinals that they have issues with their front office. Like, and you understand that, but like I said, I mean, at some point you just have to either a luck into the right decision or b just believe in it and it'll see what happens. So, but like I said, you're, you're completely right. And I was completely right. I mean, Draft guys just make this stuff up. Like you just said that about Justin Fields. And every time someone says something good about Zach Wilson, my retort is always going to be, how is he not a captain? So Yeah, which is also another media story. Yeah, it's just like there to fill time. <laughs> yeah, so, so. Um, we'll move on from that. Like I said, we're going to be all football all for here on out for at least a month or two. So um, we'll get we'll get a lot of football. Um Obviously, uh, the Deshaun Watson thing, obviously we don't touch much of that. Um, still bad. Uh, two women, I guess, came out and spoke out against him today. Um, I think Darnold is – the Darnold trade is proof that no one's touching Watson right now with the 10-foot pole. Like, and yeah. I agree with it. There's there's absolutely no point in even – there, There's no way you can trade for him until this is all over, and that's not going to be anytime soon, so – um, I actually, I saw a meme. It was like, uh, Deshaun Watson trade as the month went on and it was the beginning of March. It was like only three first round picks. And now it's like at the end of March, it's like, I'll take Nick Foles and your Netflix password. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like, yeah, I mean, it, it's going from bad to worse and I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens to it, but whatever. Um, uh, the Falcons are open to trading the fourth pick, which I guess if you're the Falcons, it's not a terrible idea because Matt Ryan isn't terribly old, but he's getting worse, it feels like. so. Yeah, Matt Ryan is good every one to two seasons if you look at his stats. Uh, you go back and you look at his MVP year when they went to the Super Bowl in 2018. The two years after that, he's been awful, and the two years prior to that, he's been awful. But then the year before that, he was pretty good. I think he finished like top five in passing. So we know the story of Matt Ryan. 
with the Falcons being open to trade the fourth pick, I was having a discussion with uh, a couple of guys about it, and they, there was a pretty split opinion as to whether or not they should trade it for more assets long term was one option. Trade, uh, keep the pick and take Sewell for which is better for long term, or taking the quarterback option that's going to be available to them. So yeah, I well see, I don't at four. I don't think that they're going to have their choice at quarterback. Like Lawrence is their choice of two. Lawrence is going to be off the board, and then Wilson's probably off the board. So you have Lance, and then Jones will be off the board somehow. So I guess they are kind of lucky. (laughs) They're going to have, um, but still, I mean, it's just I I just don't know if that's holding on to Matt Ryan just seems like a dumb move. Like. I don't know if Atlanta's ever – I mean, they play – they're always a decent team, so I don't know if they're ever going to be in, like, top five – not ever, but in the next two or three years if they're ever going to be back in the top five. So my real concern for the Falcons – and not not concern. My thought process if I'm the Falcons is, look, we're not going to be winning in the now, right? Like, with Tampa Bay being as good as they are right now and the Saints still being relatively good, and who knows what the Panthers are going to be now, but – You're not winning now. You might be able to make the playoffs, but you're not winning now. I would focus solely on the future. And in my personal opinion, if you want to win for the future, build up the O-line. So I would take Sewell at four. But like I also understand trading the pick, and I also understand taking a quarterback. But if you're going to be bad next year, even with Matt Ryan, and have the four pick again, wait for one of those quarterbacks next year and take Sewell, who's going to be able to protect them a little bit. And and, and they might be in the best position – of all the teams, if you think about it, because if they are really not going to go quarterback, they get their pick of whatever, like in past years, you didn't like chase. I don't know. Like Jamie Klein, what number one, 2011 or whatever. Right. So you were, I mean, they get their choice of uh, Jamar Chase, Sewell, Kyle Pitts. Yeah. All those Michael guys. Parsons, I, Kyle, they won. I don't know which mock it was. I saw Kyle Pitts fall to 12. That would, that would be the biggest shock in the draft I've seen in the last two or three years. I think I was reading one where he fell to 15. Uh, no, not 15. No, yeah, 15. 15. He did, though. I, it's not 12. It's 15. He fell to the Patriots. And I'm like, they don't need oh, him no. unless they turn him into a – no, 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 no. It's not. That was Devonta, I, it's Devonta Smith went 15 to the Patriots. Yeah. There was one. I want to say – I know he went after the Chargers who were at 13. Who's, who picks 14? Is it the Vikings? I think I saw him fall to 14 to the Vikings. Yeah, I just know it, it's 16, it's uh, the Cardinals. Um, but yeah. that's because I know uh, – I'll get into that. But uh, yeah. <laughs> So um, I think they're in a great position. Uh, and I got to tell you, like I've been in this position with the Browns. You've been in this position with the Jets. The Browns have – I mean, I don't know about the Jets' track history on it, but the Browns, it, it's never worked for them to trade back, really. It, it's never worked. The times they've done it, they ended up with Brandon Whedon, um, they ended up with uh, Corey Coleman from Baylor. I, I mean, so it just hasn't worked. But uh, I know, teach his own. I mean, I I think they're about 50-50. I couldn't give you specific examples, but I know that they haven't made horrible picks. Uh, the one really bad one that I think they traded back for was Darren Lee. Um, I liked Darren Lee. He was horrible, though. He was horrible. He had an okay rookie season. And then he was terrible. Yeah, then he's terrible. Yeah, so, I agree. I agree. <laughs> um, so if you're the Falcons, or not if you're the Falcons, if you hear that the Falcons are open to the four pick, what team are you to trade up? Who do you think is going to move up? I mean, before this, I would have said Carolina. 
I agree. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think of who else in the, the Dolphins. Won't, the Dolphins are already three. No, they're six. six. So they're not going to trade. I mean, who knows? Maybe the Dolphins will just keep trading the whole time. Never, They'll trade the other two for another. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. But uh, I don't be surprised. It, and, and, and again, this is just kind of a hypothetical. I wouldn't be super surprised if the Broncos traded up to four. See, I think Elway if they don't believe Locke. in Drew Locke, if they don't believe, well, but Elway's not the GM anymore. Remember yeah, that. I know, I so, know that, but he still has some say. Um, I'm sure I, he does. I, the Broncos wouldn't surprise me. Well, I think if you trade up to four, um, you obviously know that. I mean, you're getting either your pick of Justin Fields or Trey Lance. So, I mean, the Patriots don't make a lot of sense. Um, not that I think they have the capital to trade up for that either. I mean, they have picks. I'm pretty sure. I don't think it's a ton of picks, but they have their own. Yeah, picks but to move up off. to to move up to eleven spots to four, I, they, that just doesn't seem. And then I, I'm convinced there's going to be five quarterbacks go in the top ten. So I, I don't know. I think it's going to be Lawrence. I think I think I honestly think it's going to go Lawrence. Uh, uh, who Wilson. picks two? Wilson. Uh, uh, Jones. Three to Dolphins. No, uh, the 49ers. Like, 49ers Jones. Jones. <laughs> Four, the Falcons will trade with someone that get fields and five Lance goes. I, I would not be surprised I mean, at all. The Bengals have five, so they're not they're they not passing on Sewell, though. I know. That's why I can't that's why I can't I do not want the Falcons to take Sewell because I like Joe Burrow and I want that to work out for them. Yeah, I, even though they're in your division, like Joe Burrow deserves better. <laughs> he just always does. Um uh, uh, the only thing I have here for the rest, uh, I've seen Jalen Phillips from Miami and a lot of mocks at 26. Um, I guess I, I I'm okay with that. Um, I've already stated that I, I'm only trading up for one person. That's JC Horn. And I don't think they can trade up 10 spots to get him at 16. Yeah. Especially um, with the Cardinals then, sitting there. Yeah. And I mean, I really wanted Zayvon Collins, but it looks like he's going to go even higher now. It seems like every, if it seems like everyone but defensive linemen are moving up the board and defensive linemen is coming to the back, which is the exact opposite of how it usually is. So I've been seeing a lot of Jalen Phillips. Like it's really weird. I see him at the end of the first round. I've seen him as high as like 18 or something. Yeah. Actually, wherever the, where do the Titans pick? 20, 22. When when first when Mox first started coming out, I saw him in the top ten. Yeah. I know for a fact. Yeah, and well, him or Rousseau because they're both from Miami, I think. Yeah, I mean, but they were both like so. Like I said, I wouldn't be too mad, but I, I don't. Know. I've been seeing him fall though to the mid second round in some mocks, and I'm just, I just don't understand why there's such that such a swing there. I guess I, this uh, this to me just feels like it's going to be the weirdest draft in some time. It's just, it has a weird feel to it. Like, yeah. Well, it's because Shanahan, there's no combine. Yeah. That's true. That's very true. Um, but then people just fawn over pro days. Um, but, but they take them with a grain of salt though. Cause even yeah. you said on here, pro days are just not the same as the combine. I mean, pro days are made to look, uh, are, are there to make the players look good. Whereas the combine, it, it shows their true colors. Yeah, and like I said, it's just going to be a weird draft to me because Kyle Shanahan, like I said, I have always viewed him as a good coach, and that, uh, him trading up for Mac Jones is crazy in my mind, but whatever. So, but I don't know. We'll see. Obviously, we'll see. him and Lynch see something. <laughs> 
I don't know. <laughs> like, whatever. And that's something uh, is a striking resemblance to Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo, yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, he'll be – I mean, I guess Joe Burrow was the same age, but he'll be 23 by his rookie season. I guess so is Baker Mayfield. Although I still state that I would have rather had a younger quarterback than Baker Mayfield, but whatever. Sam Darnold's um, still 23 right now. Um, I, I don't know if you saw – I didn't send you my article. I, I redrafted the uh, – No, you, you the, sent it to me. Or I, I saw I it on the Facebook. Yeah. Yeah, I say I – I he instead of the Pittsburgh drafting Mason Rudolph, they would be perfect if they would take if somehow we would have fallen to the third round in 2018. But I don't know. Like I said, all right, let's move on. Yeah. Uh, uh, we'll briefly talk about the Major League Baseball. Uh, uh, Chiefs thing. Oh, Chiefs thing. Yes. So um, basically, the Chiefs put in a rule proposal or a bylaw change that basically allows. Um, skill position players and non-quarterbacks to wear single-digit numbers, basically. It's it's basically linemen can wear 50 through 79. Linebackers can wear, like, they can wear single digits and then 90 to 99 and 50 to 59. I, I don't know. But, I mean, I have been dreaming of single digits. I, I It just looks so much better. Like, if Tyreek Hill was wearing – just just one one, it would look so much better. I mean, um, I would if you're gonna put in a rule change for that, just like a just like abolish the 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 rule that there are set numbers. Just let people wear whatever they want. If it's not taken or retired, just like wear whatever you want. I agree. I agree. So uh and it's also no surprise to me that the Chiefs put that in because I'm pretty sure while I said that, I'm pretty sure Tyreek Hill was like whispering in Andy Reid's ear, like Yeah, so I'm number one. Um, I hope it happens. Um, but as like a effect of this, um, I mean, so many players are going to change numbers. Say goodbye to all your jerseys. <laughs> like, those yeah, honestly, nothing. just throw them right in the fire pit, dude. I mean, yeah. Yo, wait. Do you remember that one Michigan quarterback? I think his name is Devin Gardner. He wore number ninety nine. Yeah. That yeah, guy yeah. was a legend. That guy was so good, and then you never heard from him again. No, he uh, was he. No, he was after uh, Denard Robinson. Yeah, yeah. They played. He, he, I the only game I ever remember him is when they played Notre Dame and they both wore those cool jerseys in the big house. It was like the first big house night game ever or something. I don't yeah. know. But yeah, Devin Gardner did wear ninety nine. It was like something to do with what year. It was weird. It was very. I weird. don't know. I frankly, I don't know. I don't want to know his reasoning for it. I just think it would be dope if like. Lamar Jackson wore 99 because that's how many yards he's going to run a game. <laughs> uh, I mean, like, honestly, like, if I, if like, I was like, the best running lineman, back, get it? like, if I was David Bothrocky on the Green Bay, and obviously, other than like number 12, I would wear like number four as a left tackle. Like, yeah, I'm number four. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know. I think that would be hilarious. Um, all right. Uh, so baseball has started. Um, it's baseball. It's uh, it's going to be going on for about six months. Like I said, you might hear uh, a tweet or two or a couple of things from us. Uh, there's some new. The Nationals are destroyed by COVID. I mean, they put ten players on the injured reserve because they all. Have you don't COVID. Get to I tell me. I was pissed. I was actually going to sit down and watch a baseball game for the first time since the Mets were in the World Series, and then I, I heard that they're like, "Oh yeah, it's not going on." 
when the Mets. This is why I don't do baseball. God, God, give me, bring me back to the Mets in the World Series. I have never seen a worse defensive baseball team in my life. It was because Daniel Murphy, dude. He was like, he, he thought he was, he thought he was hot, and then he like was missing ground balls. Oh, what's up, fellas? Who it is? <laughs> Yo, special guest Ryan Stern. What's up, my guy? How's it going, guys? I thought you were doing a record only. Yeah, well, I I just finished. I was able to do an interview oh, with. Right, uh, yeah, I did an interview with uh, Mike, the fantasy hitman, right from the fantasy footballers. That's my uh, guy. He he was so cool. Um, we didn't talk a whole lot about football, which I which I loved. Really? We talked a, we talked a lot about music. We talked a lot about video games. Uh, it was uh, it, it, it was really cool. He definitely seems like the type of person that doesn't want to talk about football in his off time. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. So well, now that we have Ryan, Ryan's our, Ryan's amazing at the NFL. So uh, what did you think of the uh, two things? What did you think of the Mets so far? And what about the Sam Donald trade? All right. So, uh, <laughs> all right. Bef- before I go on a rant about Luis Rojas <laughs> and, and the yeah. New York Mets, um, <laughs> Oh, oh, there were a lot of people who were saying that it was that it wasn't a great trade for either side. I happen to think it was a, a really good trade for both sides. Uh, there was a lot of talk that the Jets weren't going to be able to get more than a, a two. They were able to also get a, a four and a six. Now the the two doesn't come until next year, so again, we don't know where that two will be. But it is Carolina. I don't know if we're expecting that to be uh, outside the top 20. So I I really do think it it was a a decent haul uh, when we were expecting them to get at most a two. So, And you you get the Carolina Panthers, who now have a 23-year-old quarterback who they're only going to be paying $24 million over the next two years for. Uh, He was the number three overall pick. Uh, not very long ago. Uh, and he's and, been in five different offenses in three years. And the, the one thing that he's going to be able to get this year that he wasn't able to get at all with the Jets is he's going to be able to be developed by a true offensive genius. We all thought that Adam Gase was going to be that guy, but now we, we realize <laughs> Not me. it was only Peyton Manning. And yet, you know what? Everyone looks good when you're when Peyton Manning is running your offense. It's like saying uh, Bill Belichick trained Tom Brady. Oh, wait. Yeah. <laughs> sort of. <laughs> um, so I, I, I really do think that it was a, a good trade for both teams. Um, I, I'm, I wasn't sold on Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, so I, I really think that... It is going to be Sam's job to lose. Um, and, and you know what? I don't even think that it necessarily takes them out of the quarterback market this year. Uh, that they, they may push it off till next year, but this it's going to be tough to beat this year's class. Right now we know of the two we, uh, next year with Sam Howell out of North Carolina, Spencer Rattler out of Oklahoma. Those are the two we know that are going to be up near the top. We're not so sure. Again, last year we were saying the same thing about this class, and now there's potentially five that are going to go in the top ten. Um, but I, I'm not really sure it necessarily takes Carolina out of the quarterback market at number eight. I just think it now allows them to not have to trade up to get their guy. 
Um, and in terms of the Mets, okay, here we go. Yeah, <laughs> I, I do want to say before I you was start. Disgusted. Okay, yeah. Oh. I do want to say I the the Mets are now my National League team. I love Francisco Lindor, and at least I'm happy he's not he's with you guys and not the Yankees Yank. or the Red oh, Sox. Yeah. yeah. So go ahead. <laughs> All right. So. My, my first issue was if you're going to have Brandon Nimmo in the lineup, he has to be batting leadoff. I was, I, I was okay with Brandon Nimmo not being in the lineup, but if he's going to be in the lineup against a lefty, it doesn't matter if it's a lefty or righty, he has to be the leadoff batter. And we saw that with, with his first step. He was the first Met to reach base uh, with a sprint because Brandon Nimmo doesn't walk. He only sprints. <laughs> Um, but Kevin Pillar is not a leadoff batter. He is a number eight batter. If there ever was a number eight batter. Um, okay. Uh, now a lot of people are upset with the fact that Jacob deGrom was taken out after 77. I'm not as upset with that one. I, I would have maybe liked to have seen him at least start the seventh inning. Um, but I, I'm not as upset because one, he, it had been 10 days since he last pitched because the stupid nationals, uh, forced him to, uh, to, to miss some time. Um, and, and I, listen, I, I get it. I mean, I, 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 I'm dealing at, at home with, with, a, with a COVID situation. I'm now the only, uh, person in my house that is negative. That's um, horrible, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, we, we we just found out that that my my seven month old baby tested positive. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. So this it's uh, it, I I understand that that shit happens, but there there needs to be if Major League Baseball is going to take the precautions that they took, then there can't be a taxi squad. You need to expand the taxi squad and make sure that if something like this happens again, that it doesn't affect the series, that there's going to be enough players that are going to be available to take uh, roster spots of, uh, of players that ended up, that end up testing positive or are close contacts. Uh, that, that being said, the Mets bullpen just will never be good. It'll, I, I've come to the conclusion the Mets bullpen will never be good. And hey, the, hey. The, one, the one error that they made all game was when they brought in the defensive specialist and he throws the ball away, allowing two runs to score. Um, hey. Yeah. Hey, at least at least your bullpen, at least your bullpen guys aren't out there posting Instagram stories about Nazism. That's me. Well, That's yeah, the yeah, that, that, that is that? a positive. I, I, the, the Mets have not had that. So uh, yeah, no, no. But our uh, our our setup man is too worried about uh, his uh, Twitch uh, streaming uh, for for his video game instead of getting uh, Reese Hoskins out. Uh, whatever. Yeah. No. Um. I I remember when the Mets were in the World Series, and I was just telling Tom that was the worst defensive baseball team I think I've ever seen in my life. So bad. I was I was <laughs> at the game that uh, oh. that the. Uh, Royals clinched. I was at game five. Uh, Yikes. And, and I, from my seat, I could see into the Mets dugout and I could see Matt Harvey yelling at Terry Collins to keep him into the game. And I said, no, 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 Matt, Matt, you gave us a, because that was the one year that Familia was really freaking good. Aside right. from the, the game that he uh, came back in 
after the rain delay and allowed the the home run to Justin Upton, which I mean, which bolstered the fact that they needed to make a trade the next day for Ioannis Cespedes. Um, but Jerry's familia was really, really good that year. Right. You, 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 you have to trust your, your closer. Yeah. It is what it is. Um, I have a question for you, Ryan. So yeah. I assume you watched at least a little bit of the national championship game last night. Uh, yeah. I mean, it, I, I had it on. Uh, it, it wasn't uh, one of those games that, that I was glued to it. Uh, other, not like what we saw with uh, with Gonzaga and UCLA on Saturday night. Uh, UCLA should have beaten Gonzaga. That would have been so much better. Um, but I do have a question, though. Is Gonzaga the Notre Dame football of college basketball? Oh, why you got to do that to me, Billy Lane? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, he, he did me dirty. Oh, no. <laughs> That I didn't even so, expect that. I wasn't it ready. It's was so perfect that you came on because as soon as you came on, because I have this written in the outline, I was going to say that. I was like, oh, my God. that, that It was a sign of God that it came on. Oh, my goodness. Jesus. No, I mean, no, I, well, I, obviously I'm not serious. But how, how it many, is funny to say. How many times, though, has, has – I mean, yeah, Gonzaga's been good. They've never really been in, in title contention. No, no one. They, they, they've always been trying to fit Texas A and M. They, they've yeah, no, they, yeah. they've always been one of those teams that's always ranked, that's always pretty good, but they're never gonna get in, into the in, into the playoff. Uh, yeah, that, yeah. That's, uh, what, that's what Gonzaga is. Uh, yeah, um, I agree. I agree. And uh, like, um, I don't know what I was gonna say. So go on. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I just think, uh, oh, yeah, it was – so I, I did a little – I was writing something, and I did a little – I was like, so the last team got the, – the, the tournament that Gonzaga really made a name for themselves was the 2006 tournament with Am, with Adam Morrison. Yeah. And you – it goes back to UCLA came back and beat them, probably one of the greatest finishes ever. So I, I just thought it would have been so much better if UCLA beat Gonzaga. And, but, I mean, Jalen Suggs is good. Uh, they, they're going to get – uh, the number one prospect next year and the number six prospect. I, I just don't know how long Mark Few can stay at Gonzaga. Like, this is like my own thing. I have a like Gino Ariema is a great women's coach, perfect. Probably the is the best coach of basketball I ever. Probably. How does he not have like a bigger goals? You know what I mean? Like. Because you want to know why? Because he's getting paid well enough to. He, there isn't going to be a program in men's basketball that he's going to be able to say, you come here, you come here, you come here. He, the, he, he's, that's what he has at UConn. And he's getting paid just as well as the, the men's coaches are. Um, you, you, I, you, I were, also... you, were, you were talking about Mark Few, and uh, we you were doing a little bit of a – a yeah, comparison, a comparison between uh, basketball and football. You know who Mark Few is? He's Pat Fitzgerald. <laughs> That's perfect. Yes, yes, he is. He is. Um, yeah, it just it, Gonzaga to me is like it's just. I, I just always think of them as a mid major, and I don't know if I'll ever change that. I, I just, and I also think and we haven't talked about this yet, but in three or four years, I think college basketball is going to look incredibly different than it looks right now. Yeah, I, I think you're going to start seeing far fewer ones 
think that you're going to see in the NBA draft are going to be guys who went over to uh, to Europe, Asia to uh, to play for a year and getting paid. Yeah, uh, instead, yeah, instead of instead of playing college, I think we're going to start getting back to uh, the guys who are going to stick around for three, four years. Which is good. I mean, it showed you. Yeah. I mean, Baylor stuck around for three. I mean, it was one of the most anticipated and, championships since 05. Yeah, and don't tell me that's not a big reason by their uh, behind their victory. The, I mean, experience sometimes uh, has a, a, a lot more of an impact on a game than uh, than talent. I agree. I, I agree. Um, go ahead. Whoever was going to say it. Go. I didn't see I was also just going to throw out there another thing that we might see three, four, five years down the line is California schools might be kind of like a powerhouse regardless of what division they're in because they're the only state right now that's going to allow college players to make money off their likeness. So if teams can say, oh, I could go to Gonzaga, who's really good, or I could go to UCLA and be able to make some money while still being pretty good, I think they'll take that UCLA money grab. It's going to change. What once it actually start once the money starts rolling in, other states are going to say, "Well, we're now missing out on these players. We need yeah. to change things around." But well, yeah, once, gonna, once it actually goes through, it, it's not going to be only California for very long. Yeah, and uh, actually, they just pulled a lot of the ads from um, all, all the big time programs. They pulled them, and a lot of them. Um, are worried about the NIL, obviously, because it's going to the or affect the the balance of power, kind of. And they're also worried about women's sports with not making money. And the, that thing is a little different. I'm not going to get into that. But yeah, I think I I I I'm a full believer. I don't know if you guys are. I'm a full believer that the NCAA 100% knows that kids get paid to go to school, but they let it happen because it's easier than paying everybody. Yeah, absolutely. So. Yeah. <laughs> All right, boys. Have a great rest of your show. All right. Love Thank you guys. You, Ryan. Thank Thanks, you for Ryan. stopping by. Ryan I love, Stern, I love the guest appearance. I love it. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. On court. Oh. All right. Uh, wow. That was what? incredible. Surprise. I, that was incredible because I did. I don't know if it was on this one, but I, I was writing another outline for our uh, one of the podcasts, and I did put down like, "Hey, is uh, Notre Dame the new, uh, or is Gonzaga the new Notre Dame?" And as soon as it came out, I was like, "Something happened that was good in life." So, um, but yeah, <laughs> no, right? <laughs> uh, that was Ryan Stern. He's the man. Um, we always, obviously, I want to say this out loud, uh, Ryan. We push, we pray, and wish well for your family. That shit is terrible. So. You're always in our minds. Even right now, I'm thinking about you. 100%. All right. So uh, the only other thing I had about the MLB, um, oh, I I will say I have two things. Uh, the Red Sox released a blue and yellow jersey that they're going to wear this year. I don't really understand it. It's dumb, but it's – I mean, baseball picks the dumbest things to, like, make public. Like, what was it? On Selection Sunday, they, like, did some like, the pre-gold glove. I don't know. It was stupid. They do the gold glove at terrible times. And the other thing that I'm actually looking forward to this year in baseball, you want to know what it is? What? The Nationals getting – or not the Nationals. The Astros getting crushed by fans. They oh, got my a, God. Yo, it has been absolutely amazing to watch. It's, it is so awesome. I love it because people forget how easy they got off last year because there were really no fans in anything. Like, they got off so easy. I mean, 
I just want I, I want I mean it is every team hates them so I mean, I, I've seen videos of fans picking up trash cans and just slapping it in the outfield. Yes. I've seen yes. people throwing trash cans out onto the field. I, I love the reaction that I think it was. I think they're playing the Angels right now, right? That was who they were. Their yeah, series I so. was. Uh, I feel like uh, who was it that got beamed? Uh, the the shortstop. Correa. Uh, yeah. Sorry. No. 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 Correa. Correa got beamed right in the shoulder and literally the entire stadium erupted with cheers. I mean, I, I absolutely love it. And it's, it's so funny because like, I feel like if there was ever in like the NFL or NBA, like some kind of rules cheating, like I, bring it back to like the flake with the Patriots, you see it and it happens. It's like, whatever, but like baseball is like the only old time sport where like people are legitimately pissed off that they cheated. Yeah. So I, I can't wait for them to get, Food and more. I mean, I hate the Astros. I, I, I despise them. the Astros. Good. So we're on the same page there. All right. Um, we'll move on to a brief update on the FCS. Um, there's COVID everywhere. Um, uh, it's just everyone has it. Every team is opting out. Um, five teams in the MVFC, Missouri Valley Football Conference, the good conference have opted out. Um I'm going to do a article on back sports here soon, kind of dummying down the FCS playoffs for anyone who wants to follow it. Uh, break it down like Alabama is – you can think of North Dakota State is Alabama, uh, JMU is Clemson, things like that. So, um, But if you are uh, teams to watch in the playoffs, obviously North Dakota State, South Dakota State, uh, Weber State, Sam Houston State, James Madison and Delaware are all pretty good. Um, JMU might miss the playoffs because they don't play enough games, but we'll see. Oh, and uh, the other thing, I released my first bracketology today. I put it online. Here it is, the whiteboard. There it is. There it is, the whiteboard. Um, <laughs> I actually, it started out. It started out with the comments that were pretty mean. They were pretty mean, and then. Oh yeah, it, they were. <laughs> it, 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 grew, it grew into constructive criticism. Uh, I, apparently, the FCS playoff committee takes travel a lot into hand. So the chances of Eastern Washington going down to Georgia uh, to play Kennesaw State in the first round, probably not going to happen. So I was wrong. Whatever. Um, that's it for yeah. FCS. Uh, the college, we kind of just talked about with with Ryan, uh, the NIL and everything. Yep. I don't really have any much more to say about that. <laughs> I mean, I don't think the there is anything left to say. <laughs> Other than the NCAA sucks. I mean, Mark Emmert sucks. Um, True. True. I'm not going to go to the NBA and do that. I oh, Isaiah Thomas doesn't deserve more love. I'm not going to comment on that. But whatever. He, but, uh, Boston based. Boston. Someone on the chat was like, here, we can write about how. Like, I don't know. But I just don't like Isaiah Thomas. He got traded to the Cavs, and he sucked. And now the NBA is so weird. Like, DeMarcus Cousins is signing a 10-day deal with the Clippers. Clippers, yeah. And, and Isaiah Thomas is signing a 10-year deal with the Pelicans – or a 10-day 10, 10 deal yeah. with the Pelicans. Like, I just don't get it. I don't – like, why not just sign him for a year? I, I don't know. It, it uh, I'm so out. All right. And now – all right, yeah, yeah. Who do you think is going to win the Masters? Uh, I don't follow enough PGA to really give a good comment on it. I can give you the big names. Um, I, I'm sure Jordan Spieth is still good, so I'll go with that. Actually, you're very wrong about Jordan Spieth. He's been oh, horrible. Really? 
horrible the past two years, except for the beginning of this year. He's been really good. So he is actually my pick to win. Okay. I, I had no idea, but I, I know he's a big name. He's one of the, like the five golfers I could still name right now. Uh, I was going to go with Roy McIlroy is my other one. So I, I, Whenever I'm asked my favorite of golf tournaments, they're always either Ricky Fowler, Jordan Spieth, or Tiger Woods. And Tiger Woods isn't playing in this one, so – or I don't, I don't think he is. I don't know. The only reason I really know Ricky Fowler, not even because like he's good and I know he's won a couple of things. The only reason I know him was those stupid commercials that he did. Oh, and he's the dude that wears all like fluorescent colors. Yeah, Very true. Um, oh, and okay. I just looked up the odds just to see who the top of the, the list is that I know. Dustin Johnson's another Johnson. one I know. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know his wife probably. Who's his wife? Paulina Gretzky. Oh, no, I knew Dustin Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, he was also uh, – I'm not going to say that. Here, never mind. He also <laughs> had some extracurricular activities, uh, but I'm not going to talk about that. Uh, now um, we're going to get to our final little March Madness breakdown. I texted this to you, um, and you agreed, and I think everyone agrees. Gonzaga is never going to live this down. Uh, I, I mean – after if they choking in the natty a couple of years ago and then whoa, getting whoa, absolute- whoa, 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 whoa. They got beat badly by a very good North Carolina team. Don't slander that. No, but you're right. I mean, go on. I, I mean, I was just going to say, after choking it that, that year, first North Carolina, and now getting absolutely blown out and destroyed by Baylor, they've now hit both ends of the losing spectrum. I mean, like yeah. you can either choke it or you can either blow it. But like they've hit both sides in a short span. I would, I, I know they're still going to be good. Like you, like you've mentioned a couple of times, they're going to land the number one and six prospect. Like they're still going to be good, but like I'm never going to take them seriously again. They're never going to be the winner of my bracket. They're never going to be the the final leg of my parlay. Like I'm never going to touch Gonzaga ever again because they oh, they are not built for April. I agree. I, I I agree, and I think I put it in here. I mean, guy. I mean, I understand that Gonzaga tries to um, uh, schedule like big time opponents, and I I applaud them for that. That's great. Yeah. This year they didn't. I mean, they still played some, but they didn't get to play Baylor. Um, so we obviously got that in the finals, and like it hurts when you play like you open up against really good teams and you're playing really good teams. And then you go into your conference play and, you and play you're playing little girls. Like you're playing yeah. little school girls. Like that hurts a team. Uh, like it just doesn't, I don't know. I, yeah, I, no, I, I agree a hundred percent. Like I'm, I'm, I'm trying to just pull up Gonzaga's schedule one more time, even though we've talked about it already. Like beginning of the season, they played Kansas who they beat by 12 they played Auburn, who they beat by what is that? Uh, Twenty three. They they played West Virginia, who they beat by five. They beat Iowa, who they beat by eleven. Then they played Northwestern State twice. Virginia, they almost they, they won by twenty three again. Then they started playing Northern Arizona, Dixie State, San Francisco, BYU, who was proven to be a fraud after losing in the first round. Portland, Pepperdine, St. Mary's, Pacific, San Diego, Pepperdine. Pacific, and, BYU again, San Francisco, St. Mary. Like they didn't play anyone good again until the until Oklahoma. Actually, no, yeah, that was the second round of the tournament. They yeah, played Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Yeah, it, it it just hurts. I mean, it, it doesn't like it. Just it, that model, I think, in basketball doesn't work. And 
I like when when in 2015 when Kentucky went undefeated into the Final Four, and they lost to Wisconsin in the Final Four. I thought that was a choke job. I did. They choked. Whatever. This is way more of a choke job. Like, yeah. They like from the second that game started, you knew Gonzaga had no chance. Like they blitzed them. It was it was incredible. And honestly, I I think if you polled everyone that watched that game last night. If you pulled like how they thought the game was going to start, that would have been the least likely of anything. Like Baylor just jumping out to a huge lead. Like, well, because the narrative going into it was Baylor's a complete team that plays good defense and can score, but Gonzaga has this unstoppable offense. Their offense was completely stopped for at least the yeah, first five I, minutes of the game. I was at I was at Top Golf last night with two of my friends. And they they had the the big screen out in the center of the the thing with the game on. I I look away and I wasn't really I wasn't hitting, so I wasn't looking out there. When I went to go take my turn and hit my, the balls or whatever, it was like thirty three to like twelve. I was like, what is this? Yeah, I mean they just got blitzed, and I mean, like I under I understand going like the 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 big guy drew Timmy with his mustache. Like it's kind of funny, but like, dude, you better win then. Like you better yeah. win. Like 100%. don't do that stuff and don't win. Um, uh, uh, they're the betting favorite to win it all next year in Vegas. And I honestly think if you polled people on the SLB tournament before the tournament to either take Gonzaga or the field, I think a, more than 50% would have taken Gonzaga. So it, it's a choke job for the ages. Uh, like I said, I don't think Mark Fuse is going to go anywhere. He just kind of like Gino Aramia and Ryan said, he just has no reason to go anywhere. Um, but uh, like I said, they're favorite to win again next year. Uh, I, I, I These are my top five teams for next year in some order, not in the real order. I, uh, I like UCLA. I mean, UCLA brings back everyone, and Mick Cronin is a hell of a coach. I like UCLA. I like – I do like Gonzaga. Unfortunately, Duke's going to be good. Um, I think Ohio State's going to be very good, and I think Michigan's going to be very good again. So, yeah. Well, and I, I think another team to just kind of like keep in the back of your minds to see who goes where and if they can return a lot of players. If UCLA retains a, a nice core of those guys, they could be really good next year too. I said that they are returning oh, all of them. I, I didn't even hear. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, they. I was looking. I was looking at recruiting over here. <laughs> uh, um. Uh. Yeah. Every every player that like made an impact is supposed to be coming back. I think even Johnny Juzang. I think Johnny Juzang will test the NBA waters, but I think he'll eventually return. I mean, Although, I, I would know. love that. I Johnny Juzang is absolutely amazing. And and they should and. I give Jalen Suggs credit. That was an incredible shot. He was like, I mean, he'll be remembered forever. Uh, I mean, that was, I mean, that was the biggest since like 1981 North Carolina State shot. Or no, I guess. Christian. Unfortunately, it was, no, it was, it, it was 2016 when Chris Jenkins. Oh uh, yeah. The shot. Um, but Yikes. yeah, so <laughs> I give him credit, but like I said, it would have been a better story if UCLA knocked them out. Um, uh, coaching changes. Uh, Chris Beard to Texas makes a lot of sense. I think we talked about it. Uh, Shaka Smart went to Marquette. He's from Wisconsin. I would not be surprised in a couple of years if he makes the move from Marquette to Wisconsin, which would suck because that means Wisconsin's going to be very good in the Big Ten. Um, and then the other big thing that happened in my life, Roy Williams retired. And I'm not mad about it. They just announced today they are going with Hubert Davis, his longtime assistant, as the next head coach. 
I don't hate it, but I don't love it. I don't love the pro- where the program's headed right now. Um, they haven't had a lot of good recruits in a while. Um, I know they're not picking up any big ones with Hubert Davis this year, so that's interesting. Um, I really wanted Wes Miller. He was He's only 30 years old. He used to be a player for the Carolina. He's the all-time leading coach, uh, win leader at uh, UNC Greensboro. It would have been an absolute perfect scenario if Roy Williams stayed on for two or three more years. Wes Miller took a job at like a Virginia Tech this year, got his feet wet with the big boys, and then finally came over to UNC. But like I've said it, I said it before. A, you can back me up. I've been calling for this for weeks. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Um, but his health was becoming an issue on the sideline. I mean, yeah, he has 100%. really bad vert. He, he has really bad vertigo. So I understand. Um, and if you like, it sucks. But it all everything really kind of changed in 2009 when Harrison Barnes skyped in and made. Uh, and committed to UNC. Like the number one recruit was going to UNC. UNC was going to be great for the next 10 years. Duke was going to suck. And then little did we know, six months later, Kyle Singler would shoot out of his ass and Duke would uh, illegal screen their way to a national championship against Butler. Um, So unfortunately, if you look at it as a war, Duke won the war. Duke won the war. Roy Williams never really he wasn't he wasn't one of the big coaches that adapted well to the the one and done rule. He just didn't. Um so uh like I said I wish they went with someone else but it's not my place to uh, you know talk. Not your call. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. Um I would have I I mean I said it too. I would have absolutely loved uh uh if they just hired some top recruits dad to coach. That would have been great. That if, if I'm running a program, that's all I'm doing. Hiring. Yeah. We saw but, UNC do that. I mean, they landed both the Mobleys because their I mean, dad's the assistant coach at USC. Yeah. And uh, uh, who else was I thinking? Uh, oh, Kate Cunningham only went to Oklahoma state because Oklahoma state has like a week, like Barack Obama's brother-in-law is like a coach on there. And they have a lot of coaches that are like, cause when I think when Marcus smart went there, like someone from his family was involved with Oklahoma state too. Right. <laughs> so I mean, it's just the way recruiting is going. So, Hey, if, if we could have hired uh, I can't remember what his name is uh dude from Michigan state. He's supposed to be the next LeBron James. If we could have hired his dad, I would have done it in a second. Um, we're running kind of long. And like I said, we already had a great surprise with Ryan today. So we're not super long. It's only been an hour. All right. Then, uh, I'm having a, what, what, what what do you want? Do you want to go to Mount Rushmore? Uh, well, I, I see you have a question here. What are the top three coaching jobs in the NCAA? Oh, I didn't see that. Where is it? Yeah, I did see that. Um, cause I think this is very contentious, not contentious, but I think it, varies incredibly different from what from areas. So I, I'm pretty clear. I think, uh, I think Kansas is a top job because they are Adidas's. So basically you can go to Kansas and do whatever you want with Adidas. I think North Carolina is the other top job, uh, because they have Jordan. Um, right. And it's not, it's not obviously because of that, but it always helps. And then, uh, I think UCLA is up there as a top job. Uh, they also have Adidas. They're obviously a big Adidas team, and they're – I mean, you have L.A. behind you. So I would go with uh, UNC, um, uh, uh, UCLA, Kansas. and Kansas, yeah. 
Um, but I, I, I like, like, I mean, Indiana could be, if you think of like for you, I would think Indiana is, but to me, it just, it, 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 go ahead, tell your top three, whatever. Yeah, no. Um, so I like just, just strictly looking at basketball, I think, like you said, North Carolina having Jordan and, and it's, having just kind of the history that it has, like I, that would be my ideal coaching job. It's, it's, it's why, it's why if I was a five-star recruit in football, I would go to Oregon. You get so much cool stuff. Exactly. Um, and, and like you, I I've seen videos, Michael Jordan shows up to practice sometimes yeah, just cause and, and like, and that, to, that'd just be a dream come true if I were a basketball player. So and I, you make connections like that with Jordan. So yeah, I agree. Uh, I was also going to stay UCLA because of the Adidas thing and the fact that, again, there's so much history. There are so many amazing players and talents that came from UCLA, not even just in, in, in basketball, but just like in general. It's um, so funny. It's so funny that UCLA, like the team that's won almost the most national championships in the history of NCAA basketball, went into fi- into the Final Four and the Elite Eight and the Sweet 16 as major underdogs. Like that's just so yeah. weird. Like, I can't imagine going back to like 1960s or the 70s and then being like, yeah, UCLA is going to be an underdog in the national, in the final four in 2021. It's like no way would I have thought of that. So, and then for, for the last spot, I, I had a tie between Indiana, like you said, because like that Indiana is just a basketball state and like just, just it, it means it, yes. so much mm-hmm. to the community and everything. But the, the other team that I kind of had tied with is Kentucky. Um, yeah. And so, I think a lot of people, when they think of like the Indiana job, they relate it to Nebraska. Yeah, it's very different from Nebraska because Indiana is still popping out five star recruits left and right. So right. it's very different than that. Uh, and if I would have to give my fourth and fifth and sixth, maybe Indiana and Kentucky would be close. But I don't think Kentucky's that great of a job because you've seen what a guy like. Calipari can do like anyone could just come in and do the one and done thing. I think, I mean, Calipari, Calipari, um, he, when Rob Williams retired, he was like, please hire me. UNC. Like I'll go to UNC. I mean, that, that's, that's gotta be Calipari's dream to go to Jordan and just, I mean, go, go to a team that's, that focuses around not one and done. Like, yeah. I mean, Calipari's had such a rough go of it recently because he just can't land the recruits anymore. Because it's, and we kind of talked about it and we've talked about it throughout the, throughout this tournament. It's like college basketball is changing. I mean, there's a reason why Baylor beat the shit out of Gonzaga. They were a veteran laden team that had been together for two or three years. Right. So uh, if you were, if I was looking for one more team, I, and this might be like, not necessarily a hot take, but just like an out of the blue kind of take. I think the Syracuse job, is also yes. up oh, there for me. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. That that is I would say in the northeast. Syracuse is the most prominent it, over here. Yeah, yeah. I think in the northeast, yeah. It's it's Syracuse. That or Yukon, if you want to look at it just I, over overall. Because like Yukon's had you, those Yeah, but I think Syracuse is more like that. You think of Syracuse. And yeah. And it's just like every year Syracuse comes into the tournament and they win two or three games just because they play the zone. So they play the zone um, and they have the the ability to just figure it out, I guess. So uh, going opposite of that kind of, I think that like, I would not be surprised if Jay Wright left Villanova. I don't think he is anytime soon, but like, I don't think a Villanova is a top job. 
Like, um, yeah, he's the one making that work. Yeah. And you got it. I mean, you also have to look at guys like, uh, Musselman at Arkansas and Nate Oates at Alabama. I mean, they've changed everything they've done. Basically Nate Oates, literally Alabama shoots threes and layups. That's all they shoot and free throws. So I just think college basketball is going to be very different in the next three or four years. Just be, it's going to be better. Actually. I think I mean, it's going to be more guys that just want to stick around. So, I mean, I hope that's the case. I absolutely hate like one and done schools. I hate like, it. I think it's so stupid. I hate it. I've never liked it when they did that. Like, and I understand like, I guess the, the perspective of like, Oh, I, I don't want to waste years of my prime and I could be making millions of dollars in the NBA. I get that, but that's exactly why they should get rid of the one and done rule. They, they yeah, sh- no, I think I- that they should make it so that you have to same thing with football, wait until after your junior season. And then you can opt out for the last year. Like, that should be the yeah. way that it should be. And, and and I think if they did change the rule back to what it would be, I do think that you would still have a lot of guys, high schoolers, that would go pro and they shouldn't have because people told them the wrong things or whatever. But I also think you're going to get then like four-year guys and you're going to have a lot more competitive college basketball. It'll so. be like it used to be when there were like legitimate rivalries, right? That's the thing re- that I missed most in college basketball, legit rivalries between schools. Well, I don't live there, but I mean, it's uh, I mean, North Carolina Duke is big, obviously. I was going to say, that's the only exception. That's the only real one because there's been so much just like feuding and, and, and fight between the two schools in general. But like, think back to when there was there, there were like guys that were staying the full four years. Those players on the teams hated each other. They wanted to yeah. kick the crap out of them. Now it's one and done. It's like, oh, I, I'm told that I'm supposed to hate this school, you know, because they don't have the experience of playing against them. Exactly, exactly. And so I, I, I think if they changed it, I would. I'm, I'm a full on thing. Like, hey, bro, if you want to go to the G League for like, even right now, like, I, I would rather guys that are either going to be one and done. I'd rather I'm just go to the G League. Like, go make your money and develop there. I want to see competitive college basketball. But like I said, I understand why people need to go pro. I mean. So, I don't yeah. Know. But, so. Um, all right. Um, do we want to do? Uh, do you want to do uh, Mount Rushmore, or do we want to do trivia? Uh, up to you. Uh, like I said, I have my two trivia questions. They're super easy because they were talked about a lot. All right, we're gonna do Mount <laughs> Rushmore then. We're doing all Mount right. Rushmore. Um, so basically, obviously, we talked about the Chiefs game. Uh, uh, the rule proposal change. Um, and I kind of explained it like athletes look better wearing single digits, in my opinion, just like if you wear white cleats, it makes you look faster. But so, um, like I said, the chiefs are looking to propose that rule. Basically skill players can wear all numbers. So, uh, I will go first and then you have two. I will go first. I would have loved to see, I guess I never would have saw him. <laughs> wow. This really messes up my thing. Okay. Same thing. Whatever. I'm going to change it. I'm going to change. I was going to say D. I was going to say Deion Sanders. I never saw him play. He would have been sick. But I will say Devin Hester wearing number one in in like the I, when he returned that opening kickoff. It would have been an iconic picture. It would have been awesome. And like obviously it's a stupid who would have looked better in single digits. But hey, Dustin Devin Hester is so fast that oh my god, I would love to see him. Automatic. Right. Yes. Um. So, so for my first one, I think – oh, God, I just had his name. Crap. Uh, oh, Odell Beckham. Didn't he wear three in college? Yes. 
I mean, Odell Beckham wearing three in the league right now and just putting up like a three as he's running away would have been absolutely 100%. automatic. 100%. My, my buddy just, has a uh, – my buddy doesn't really buy jerseys. actually bought a real Odell Beckham jersey, and I uh, – not a, not a real one, but like not from China like you. Right, right, um, right. <laughs> um, and he, I, I texted him today, and I was like, oh, they're changing the numbers. And he was just like – he was so pissed. <laughs> he was like, god damn it, why did I buy this? I knew it. I was like, hey. well, at least he's st- at least he's staying on the team, hopefully. So yeah, you could just cover up the one with like tape or something. Yeah. Exactly. Um. And wait, did Jarvis Landry wear like a single digit? In, no, in he. Cal? I think he wore eighty. Uh. Yeah, okay. I'm almost positive. He he didn't either. It was an eighties number, or it was like an eleven through nineteen number. It wasn't a single Jarvis digit. I'm almost Landry positive. College. Let's see. He wore eighty. Yeah. Ah, Give me some. <laughs> All right, so you you have Odell. Right, what's your next one? Um, so I know he didn't wear it in college, but hear me out. <laughs> right, Saquon Barkley wearing number two. Right, if he wore number two and put up, remember his iconic picture when he's running away and he put up the two. How tough would that picture have been if he was wearing number two? It would been sweet. It was sweet. Uh, yeah, uh, I wish. Maybe I'll surprise you with a picture of me holding up two next time. It's a good one. Uh, so I'm a two now, and then you'll go back to. All right. So I went with Devin Hester um, and not Deion Sanders, but um, damn, Saquon Barkley's a good one. Uh, I, 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 just this, this is for my own personal reasons. I would have loved to see Joe Thomas wear like number one because he is clearly the best player that the Browns have had. Right. Since like 1995, it's in, in, in like Miles Garrett, like he's good. Yeah, but he's not even close right now. So uh, I would love to see Joe Thomas do that. And uh, 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 oh, I can't think of his name. Chris Johnson. I don't want him to wear a number, like a single digit number. I want him to wear two and then K, just two K because he rushes for 2000 yards. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm taking, I'm taking it back to like the old XFL where you could wear X. <laughs> right. Uh, so there we go. That's mine. It reminds me of um, the longest yard where the guy had the yeah, X. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, oh, that's a good one. Um, I'm going to go. Okay. If, if Tom Brady, right. When he went from new England, went down to Tampa Bay or like even like halfway through his career, if there were triple digits, if he was wearing one ninety nine. Yeah, like I, that, I mean, first of all, that, that would, would just be really cool to see on anyone. <laughs> yeah, triple digits. Yeah, just put like oh, Tom Brady one one ninety nine, just to remind everyone where he's from. That would be so, pretty cool if they so petty. Three. Oh, hundred percent. So, petty. so it's petty. like love it. You know the you know the story behind Antonio Brown's eighty four. No, tell me. Basically, he was taken in like the third or, or fourth round or something like that. I forget exactly where he was taken, but he wears eighty four or he was wearing 84 with the Steelers because eight times four is 32. And that's the number of teams that passed on him. Oh, which I was like, okay, that's pretty cool. I'll take that. Um, so yeah, Tom Brady with that. And then like, God, I'm trying to find like a really good story behind one, but like, ah, man, I don't know. I'm like, if I'm trying to say, like, if you take, Patrick Mahomes, right? 
And mm-hmm. he was like on super low draft boards or everything. And because he was only a cannon, right? If you took like his longest pass or whatever, and he put that on his Jersey, it's like, if he threw it 82 yards in the air and Pat Mahomes is out there rocking 82, like you know what, Pat, you know what Patrick Mahomes needs? That's a great idea. He doesn't need a Jersey. He needs a, uh, like a, a Jersey. That's a gif, a gif. It right. just changes <laughs> the number. Every pass, like negative five, 26. Oh yeah. That'd be 85 great. 85 in the that. air. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> So this is my last one. Um, it's uh, it's a bit odd, and you're not gonna like it. Michael Vick. I understand he wore seven. I understand it. He should have worn one. He should have worn number one. I think. I think every on every NFL team, the most explosive player should wear number one. That is my rule change. It, it has to be. It has to be that. I. I mean. I mean. So you're Cam telling me Newton, Cam Newton. The, the, yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> the amount of disgustingness that Cam Newton shows on the number one needs to be erased. He should have stuck to, with number two like he was in college no, or Juco. He should have He should have just stuck with 19 or 18, something stupid like that. No, no, don't take 18 because all the great players wear 18. Like who? Peyton Manning. One. You're really gonna make me pull up a list of NFL players that were NFL players that were 18. Uh, Julio Jones? No, he doesn't. He wears, he wears 11. 11. Uh, who wears 18? Um, I don't know. All right, NFL players to wear 18. Peyton Manning. Uh, who the hell is Emmett Thomas? Ooh, sounds like some good stuff there at 18. Wait, wait, wait. Peyton Manning. Daryl. Oh, wait. These are just sports players. I want football players. Uh, well, Charlie Joyner 18. Who wore 18? Charlie Joyner. I have no idea who that is. He's a wide receiver for the Chargers when they had Dan Fouts. Uh, who's Dan Fouts? You don't know Dan Fouts? Oh, my God. I know the name. I'm, I don't know who he is. Though. It was the Chargers quarterback when – yeah. I, I can keep spitting this out. Like, uh, he was there in the 70s. He he was the guy that was there for the air raid offense. Oh, all right. So. I also – I also Ohio State did this last year. I'm also full in on the number zero as a football number. Love it. I also think centers and long snappers have to wear it. No, long snappers have to wear double zero. Centers have to wear zero. And kickers you know should wear I 99, just like the, the Penn State kicker. I, I take it back. <laughs> you should be – your number should be which position you are best at on the team, on the certain side of the ball. So Miles Garrett would wear number one, and then Andrew Sandejo would wear number 17 trillion. No, he'd wear number – 11 because he's the worst player on the defense. That's what, I mean, I, that way you could turn on a game and you may, you might not know what's going on, but at least you know who to watch on that play. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's amazing. Um, I love that. All right. Give me your, give me your two trivia questions. I'll see how easily I okay. answer them. I don't, I don't have to, but go ahead. Uh, so Johnny Juzang in this tournament, scored a hundred and I think it's like 29 points. He scored the second most points in an NCAA tournament run for UCLA, like as a Bruin, who's number one from UCLA. Yeah. UCLA to score most points in a tournament run, like a single, single tournament run. Uh, Bill Russell. 
or uh, I, I don't know. Wrong, wrong center. Uh, Luau Sindor, a.k.a. Kareem oh, Abdul-Jabbar. Okay, that's – yeah, okay. I was right. Go ahead, next one. I can't <laughs> – I, Luau Sindor, I, I'm not going to rant He's, about It's it. Kareem. I, I know. It's They call him Kareem, not Luau Sindor. They put right, Luau Sindor on the TV. <laughs> Do you know? Were you alive in the 50s to see that? I'm saying Are when they were showing to... the stat on and the and went during the Gonzaga game, they put Luau Sindor at the end of the game. Me, you're gonna tell me you got abducted by aliens next. Bro, I don't know what else to tell you. He didn't change his name when he was in the NCAA tournament, okay, so they still refer to him. Um, and then what was the under, only other um first four team to make the final four? All right, say it again. Oh, which shot? Uh VCU. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah, with Shaka Smart, right? It was because it was it, they did it in the first year that they yeah. had it. Yeah, yep. in 2011. I remember that, yeah. Um, oddly enough, I don't remember a single player from those VCU teams. Oh, I have no idea. <laughs> I, I, I can name a couple from the George Washington team that went to the Final Four in like 2003. That's why right. I, I don't know. They beat UConn. They beat UConn and like uh, Charlie Villanueva and Rudy Gay. That was a good Charlie Villanueva and Rudy all right, oh, well, man. <laughs> I, I think that's it. Um, yeah. Like I said, we're going to go ahead and straight to football um, for the most part. Um, so if you don't want to hear about football, uh, it's too bad. Yikes. Um, <laughs> all right, uh, and the last thing I have it on here, uh, who is your Super Bowl pick right now? Oh. Teams. Two teams. I, I, know, I know, I know, I know, I um, know. I don't want to be basic, so I'm not going with the Bucks. I'm going to go with the Rams and the Bills. All right. I understand that. I'm going to go with the Browns versus the Bucks. All right. <laughs> you you don't even – I just want to let you know, you don't even want – you won't even want to talk to me or be near me if the Browns make the Super Bowl. <laughs> Probably. I, I can see where I can agree with that statement. <laughs> so – uh, like I said, we'll figure out when we're recording next. We'll let you know. Um, but what do you have to say, Tom? Man, I got nothing. I am so gassed. I'm ready to go take a nap, but I have to finish at least a paper and a half. What do you always say? Let's go, dogs. I thought I wasn't allowed to say that because <laughs> they didn't make the tournament. 